It's good to see everybody. Take your Bibles out this morning and turn to Revelation chapter 12. Be talking about the woman, the child, and the dragon. Revelation 12. We are. I'll read it first and we'll come back to it and comment. Now, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then, being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, with diadems on his head. And his tail drew a third of the angels of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. So she bore a male child who was, with, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there for 1,260 days. And a war broke out in heaven. In heaven, Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels. But they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast down, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He, cast, he was cast to the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and, king, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come for the accusing of our brethren who accused him before our God day and night has been cast down. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to death. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you who dwell in, in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you. Having great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Now when the dragon saw that he had been cast to earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away by the flood. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed up the flood with the dragon and spewed out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged, was enraged with the woman. And he went to make war with all the rest of her offspring who kept the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So Revelation 12 
a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with sun, with the moon, on her feet, and on her, on her head a garland of twelve stars. The child being with child, she cried out in, a, in labor and in pain to give birth. Verse 2. The word sign probably means ex extraordinary signs, extraordinary signs, miraculous signs. He said a great sign appeared in heaven. But who is this woman? A lot of people think this woman is just the church. A lot of people think this woman is the Virgin Mary. Uh, There's a lot, a lot of suggestions, but I, I, I disagree with both of them. Some people think that the church has... Rep uh, that church has replaced Israel and that God is done with Israel, that as replacement theology where God is done with Israel, now the church has taken Israel's place, and that's not true either. The church, who is this woman? The woman is no other than Israel. Israel is the woman. She is the woman. Israel. They say, if you really want to know about prophecy, keep your eyes on Israel. Israel. It was Israel who birthed the one who will rule with righteousness. He, they birthed the Messiah. For Jesus was born out of the tribe of Judah. Christ in his flesh came forth from Israel. Being clothed with the sun, it speaks of the glory and the dignity and the exalted status of Israel, the, the people of promise, the picture of the woman, the picture of the moon under her feet probably describes God's covenant relationship with Israel. The 12 stars there in verse 1, it speaks of uh, the angels, the 12 tribes. The 12 stars speaks of, it represents the 12 tribes of Israel. The 12 stars represents, in verse 1, represent the 12 stars of Israel. Then being with child, verse 2, with child is Jesus is talking about. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Israel often pictures as a mother giving birth. Talking about her suffering, how she agonized suffering through the centuries, and Israel is still suffering. Great persecution is going to come to Israel even more throughout the, trip, throughout the tribulation. In the Old Testament, Israel is often compared to a woman, and, and even a woman in travail, Isaiah 54, 5. But it's talking about the woman, Israel. So many countries have tried to destroy Israel over the years, and they never could, and they never will, because, because God is going to protect them. It's a very small country. I'm told about the size of New Jersey. I'm told. I don't know. I've never been to Israel. But, but uh, they are very armed and they are very qualified to fight and defend themselves. And I don't think anybody is ever going to overtake those people because God is going to fight with them and for them. Verse 3 uh, and another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems or crowns, uh, speaking of kingly authority, had seven diadems on his head. 
is also speaking of political authority. Having seven heads represent complete authority, intelligence. The fiery red dragon here talking about Satan, and it says that in verse 9. The horns symbolize in the Bible, when you see the horns, it's talked about great power. You can see that in the book of Daniel, where the Antichrist, Daniel 7, is going to have horns. You're going to see that he's going to have tremendous power during the tribulation period. The nation... The Ten Nations Confederation that will emerge from the old empire. The red, dragon, the red dragon speaks of bloodshed that will take place in the last half of the tribulation period. There will be a lot of bloodshed. Because anyone that doesn't want to bow down to the Antichrist, guess what? And you know as well as I do, you can see right now, if you look around the world in spiritual eyes, you can see that the stage is being set right now for the Antichrist to appear. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 said the Holy Spirit is restraining him and he can't come forth now until God says so. Once the church is raptured, he will appear. Now we know, we'll talk more about him next week in Revelation 13, but we know he's in the world someplace today ready to make himself known but that's going to be in God's timing and not his. Well, but verse 4, so he, his tail drew a third of stars. The stars are his angels, angels of heaven, and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. So she bore a male child. The male child is Jesus, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. It's talked about the ascension. He will rule a nation with a rod of iron at his second coming. Satan's original re rebellion resulted in a third of the angels joining his insurrection. That's what happened. Because it said, verse 4, his tail drew a third of the stars. That means the stars is his angel. You know, Satan, you can, you can mark this. Just notice the world now. Just look around you what's happening. Just look around you in a spiritual sense. Satan deceives the world by deception and by lies. That's how he did it. How in the world can you tell me that he convinced a third of the angels that stood in the presence of God to go with him? How did he do that? Well, I can tell you because he lied to them. He deceived them. He told them, come follow me. My way is better than God's way. Hey, come follow me. And guess what? They did. Satan is still using the same deception and lies today. Jesus said he was a liar and a father of it. John 8, 44. So Satan is unable to prevent the virgin birth of Christ. So Satan tried to kill all the male children from two years old and under. Matthew chapter 2. It's evil. It's an evil person. Some people don't believe in a real devil. Some people don't. Some, you tell people that's a real devil or a real Satan, people laugh at you like, what? That's what Satan wants you to know. That's what he wants you to believe. He don't even want you to know that he even exists. Mm 
but we know he does. I watch TV sometimes, not a whole bunch, but a bunch of garbage and a bunch of lies. But anyway, they got Satan dressed up in a little red suit and a pitchfork, you know. He don't even look like that. He was a beautiful cherub. Beauty. The Bible says, Isaiah, he's going to deceive the world by his beauty. Eve wasn't afraid to talk to him. But he's used deception and lies to deceive all these angels, and they followed him. He tried to kill a male child, I said, before he was born. Well, Satan didn't know where Jesus was, what he looked like. So he killed all the kids, two years old and under. He wanted to make sure he get him, so he's going to kill them all under Herod. Hmm. It's, it's plain evil. Nobody can do this much damage to the world that we see right now unless the enemy is doing it. He might be using individuals, he might be using politics or whatever, the media, whatever, but he's behind it. Because we wrestle not against flesh and blood. We look at flesh and blood. And the media said they can convince you to believe anything if they flash it fast enough and often enough. People will believe it and people are believing it and that's why a lot of people are walking in fear. Boy, how many times have I said that? Well, anyway, verse 6. The woman fled into the, talking about the wilderness. The woman fled, fled into the wilderness. The woman Israel. Well, she was at a place prepared, who? By God. That they should feed her for three. They could feed her there for 1,260 days, or three and a half years. God protects Israel from Satan by hiding her in the wilderness. Some say it's the city of Petra, where it's all rocks. It's a rock city. And some say food and water is already stored up, waiting for Israel to come, because they know it's going to happen. In the midpoint of the tribulation, the Antichrist is going to break his covenant with Israel. He's going to put a stop to temple worship. And he's going to set up the abomin abomination of desolation as prophesied by, the, by the Daniel. Jesus said, therefore, Matthew 24, 15, Jesus said, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel standing, standing in the holy place, standing in the temple in Jerusalem, he said, what he said, flee to the mountains. Get out of there. Don't even go back inside the house to get your coat. At this time, the Jews flee for their lives. God will preserve them during the last three and a half years of the tribulation. And there will be lots of people, as I said last week, there will be a lot of folks saved during the tribulation period. Maybe some people that you witnessed to. Maybe some people that didn't go in the rapture, you will see in heaven. Because you don't know who's going to be in heaven and who's not. I talk to folks all the time. They think it's because they're going to church, they're going to heaven. I said, no, you're not. They get so mad. I say, uh... The Bible said you must be born again. Going to church don't save you. Now, you should go to church if you can, because you can encourage folks at church and you can get encouragement at church. Every time I leave church, I feel better because I get strength from people. I love people. I love talking to people. I love interacting with people. And every time I leave here, 
Sometimes he got this shit me up. It's one or two o'clock before I get out of here. Because I can't stop talking. I, I just love, I love the flock that God has given me. Well, moving on. Verse 7. A war broke out in heaven of all places. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and his angels, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. Satan and his angels, they failed at their purpose. They tried to overtake them. Said a war broke out in heaven. So the great dragon was cast out, the old serpent of old, called the devil. And Satan, who deceives what? The whole world. You see, did you see that? He deceived the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angel was cast out with him. Jesus said, I saw him fall like lightning. The devil means slanderer, and Satan means adversary. He is God's enemy. He is your enemy. The devil is not, the, the devil is not some kind of symbol. The devil is real. He really likes to attack the Christian who is separated from the church, from the believer. When a, when a Christian is separated from the church and is separated from believers, where they can get encouragement, where they can get prayer, where they can get help. They say if a soldier is separated from his company, his chances of survival, survival is zero. I know a lot of folks that are separated from the body of Christ. And they're getting beat down because we need each other. It's iron sharpens iron, right? We need each other. Amen. We get strength. And we're going to need each other more as we see the day approaching. Yes, so that devil, he liked to, like to get Christians to just to stay sheltered in, shut them down, shut them up, isolate them. No. You come to church if you can. You come to church. We need you here. We need you. Somebody maybe needs encouragement. Somebody needs prayer. We need you in this building. And we're going to open it up more and more and more and more. Because they're not going to shut us up. He's been trying to shut me up for almost 40 years. He ain't done it. And he ain't going to do it now. A war broke out in heaven of all places. A fight between the good angels and the bad angels. Michael is used often in the, he was a head angel over Israel to protect Israel. You know, in the book of Daniel, you know, Gabriel was trying to get a prayer through and he was war, it was warfare and Daniel 10, God had to send Michael over there to take care of business. Michael is one bad dude, I tell you that one. I ain't never seen him, but Michael... Is one bad angel, boy. You don't want to mess with Michael. Jude 9 said, Michael the archangel, he was contending with, with, with Moses' body. But he didn't dare bring any accusations against the devil, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. Why did he want Moses' body? Because Moses' body could have been used for the wrong purpose. Satan wanted that body. Michael came down and says, no, you're not going to get it. And Satan couldn't, over, he couldn't overthrow Michael because Michael was too strong. If that body was found, people would have worshipped Moses instead of Jesus Christ. 
People worship what they see, but we're walking by faith, man. You're walking by faith and not by sight. Most people are walking by sight and not by faith. Turn it around. You're walking by faith and not by sight. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. But yet you believe it because Jesus said it. People say, well, if Jesus said it, I believe and that sells it. No, if Jesus said it, that sells it whether you believe it or not. Jesus, don't, you know, it's not going to affect Jesus whether you believe it or not. It's not going to affect Jesus one bit. Whether you read the Bible, go to church, pray, it's not going to affect him not one bit. But it's sure going to help you if you do it. Read your Bible, pray, man. So if good angels are against bad, Michael was protector of Israel. He said in verse 9, that old serpent of old goes all the way back to Genesis 3. You know, when he deceived Eve in the Garden of Eden. That old serpent of old, he called him. In other words, that old serpent's been around a long time, boy, and he's been deceiving a long time. This is not his first rodeo. If it didn't work, he wouldn't be doing it, but it is working. Look around you. He got people going crazy. People are suicidal, depressed, sheltered in, scared to go out of the house. That is all fear. This is fear. He caused Eve to question God. He said, now, did God really tell you not to eat of that fruit? He causes us to question God sometimes, doesn't he? When we see things around us go on, we begin to think now, Wait, wait a minute, where's God at? Wait, wait a minute. Do you know God is still in control of all this stuff? And in the end, he's going to win. And in the end, we're going to win. But that old serpent of old, he assumed, he assumed the form of a serpent. The day you touch it, you shall surely die. Oh, did God really say don't touch it? Come on, what good is it going, what harm is it going to do if we go ahead and eat the fruit? I mean, who's going to know about it? Really? They disobeyed God and listened to the devil. And the Bible said by one man, sin entered the world. Disobedience. Verse 10, and I heard a voice saying in heaven, now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ has come. And the accuser of the brethren, who do you think that is? The devil, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. Satan still has access to heaven and goes before the, the Father to accuse us. He is whispering in, in your ear and he is whispering in my ear. He accusing you day and night. He accusing you. He'll tell you that you'll never measure up. He'll say, you're no good, man. God doesn't love you. He'll bring up your past. Things happened 25, 30 years ago. He'll bring it back up again. He says, God haven't forgiven you from that. He accusing you day and night. I know he comes at me sometimes. You know, a person with a small church. Hey, I'm, I'm not opposed to a small church. I, hey, my church has already, always been small. 
It don't bother me not one bit. I don't focus on who's not here. I focus on who's here. You understand that? Okay, that's where I'm coming from. He condemns me sometimes as a pastor. He said, you know, man, look at them big TV ministries out there. Look at all them people sitting out there. They got thousands of people, man. Look at you. You've been in the ministry almost 40 years, and you got, let me see, about 30, about, you got about 30, about 40 people. Man, you might well give it up over my dead body. You give it up. No, don't you give it up either. I, I, I just slipped out. Don't you give it up either. Paul said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course, and I have kept the faith. I want you to keep the faith, man. But he comes at me and brings condemnation. He says, man, you got a small church, and these big guys, they got the big, all the people in the fancy homes and the fancy cars and the big salaries. Look at you. Look at you. Fancy buildings. Look at yours. People give them pay tithes. You might well give it up. It is your fault. Everything's your fault. That's why it's not growing. It's you. You got to understand you got to hear this. You got to understand the difference between condemnation, which is from Satan, and conviction, which is from the Holy Spirit. Condemnation pushes you away from God. You just say you're no good, you're, not, you're no good, you, you're never being a good, God doesn't love you. He can't forgive you for that sin. You've gone too far and you've crossed the line this time, buddy. That's condemnation. But the conviction of the Holy Spirit always draw you to God. And once you get convicted by the Holy Spirit, and once you do something wrong that you know you shouldn't have done, you can't wait to repent and get it right. That's conviction because conviction is going to draw you back to the cross. Condemnation is all about self. Condemnation says so you'll never measure up. It gives you a sense of hopelessness. But the conviction of the Holy Spirit gives grace it gives, it gives forgiveness. It, it says, go on, man. You might have fallen. You might have made a mistake, but pick yourself back up with the help of the Holy Spirit and you go forward. We must learn to hear the voice of God and you must also learn to hear the voice of the devil. They're both speaking. The devil is speaking and God is speaking. Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. How do you hear a person's voice? Well, you spend time with them, don't you? How do you hear your wife's voice? Because you know you spend time. How do you know your husband's voice? Because you spend time with him. How do you know God's voice? You spend time with him. You can't hear, you can't hear God's voice unless you spend time with God. Because Satan is speaking. What is it anyway, it said in verse 11, they overcame him. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives to death. The power to overcome Satan was in the blood of Christ. The sacrifice of his son. They put their faith in the, in the finished work of Jesus Christ. And some did die. For their testimony. Do you know got people dying all over the world for, for their faith? 
Christians. Therefore rejoice, O heaven, and you will dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil has come down to you, having great wrath. He tried to destroy the woman. He tried to destroy Israel, but he couldn't. Now he said he has great, great wrath because he knows his time is short. Satan knows his time is almost up. And he's going to try to do as much damage as possible. And he's doing it. So you better be strong in the Lord. And you better be strong in the power of his might. And you better take over the whole arm of God. That you might be able to stand against the wickedness of the devil. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. I believe a lot of things we see in the world today is totally satanic. Because no one can be this evil in the things that are going on today unless Satan was behind it. 1 John 5, 19 said, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the influence of the wicked one. So let's get, our, let's get our facts straight here. Let's get over the fact, let's get over the fact that things are going to get better. Say no, his time is short. He's going he's gonna to bring out his artillery and he's going to bring out everything against you and me. That's why we got to be people of prayer. We got to be people of the word. And we got to have some faith in Jesus Christ. Because, brother, he's going to try to destroy your faith. Because he knows this is the victory that overcomes the world is your faith. Mm-hmm. Peter, Satan wanted to sift you like wheat. But I prayed for you that your faith do not fail. And I'm praying for you that your faith do not fail. Because he's going to try to destroy it. He knows his time is short. God never promised to remove all the trials from the believer. I wish he would, but he never promised that. He never promised to remove all the problems. He never promised to remove all the trials. But he did say, I walk through the shadow, valley of the shadow of death with you. I will walk through the trials with you. Peter said, don't think it's strange when these trials come up on you, man. He said, your brethren is experiencing the same thing. Don't think that you're the only one. We all going through the same thing and we all fighting the same devil. Being a Christian is not easy, man. I don't care what people say. They say, oh man, you become a Christian boy, man, you ain't going to have no more problem, brother. That's garbage, man. Paul told Timothy, Paul told Timothy, those that live God in Christ Jesus going to serve, suffer persecution. That's what he told him. And Paul told Timothy, 2 Timothy 3, 12 and 14, evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. They're going to go worse. He didn't say better and better. He said they're going to get worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue. No matter how bad it gets out there, you got to continue. No man puts his hand to the plow and looks back. 
He's not fit for the kingdom of God. Don't be looking back. You must continue, told Timothy, you must continue the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from who you have learned them, that from childhood you've known the Holy Scriptures, which is able to make you wise. The Scripture will make you wise. You'll be able to see his schemes. Well, verse 13 said, well, anyway, one more thing about Timothy. And I like Paul being up front with Timothy. You know what he told Timothy? In 2 Timothy 2, 3, he said, Timothy, endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We don't know what hardship is in America. Not yet. We're getting there. Third world countries know when people can't meet like we can, when people getting killed for the gospel. He told Timothy, Timothy, let me tell you something, man. He says, uh, it's not going to be easy, Timothy. Endure hardship as a good soldier of Christ. No one that's entered into a war is going to entangle himself with the affairs of this life that you might please the one that called him to be a soldier. We got to endure some hardship before Christ comes, probably. Our message is not received all the time. Verse 13 says, now, when the dragon saw that he had been cast to earth, persecuted the woman, Israel, who gave birth to the male child. But God immediately intervenes for Israel. The next verse it said, but the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she, she is nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. It's not actual wings, but God is going to protect her from the Antichrist who's indwelt by Satan. You know, Exodus 19.4 talks about eagle's wings. You have, when God brought the Israelites out of Egypt, you have seen what I have done to the Egyptians and how I bore you on eagle's wings and brought you to myself. He's talking about strength and power. He said, I'm going to bring you guys out in strength and power. Not your own power, but my power. So the serpent spewed water out of his mouth like a flood. Says like a flood. I don't know what I don't know what it was. Came out. He says like a flood. He's trying to describe it after the woman that she might cause her to, to be carried away by the flood. So his fury pours out against Israel because he hates the Jewish people, hate them. But the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed it up. The flood from the dragon had spewed out of the mouth. So a great army is going to come against Israel. The, the, the army of Armageddon is going to be the blood to the horse's brow. Everybody's going to turn against them eventually. Everybody. They're surrounded right now by the enemies, man. They want to take them out. Iran, Iraq, they want to destroy Israel from the face of this earth. They say, you guys don't even fit to live. It'll never happen. When the dragon was raised, this woman... And he went and made war with the rest of the offsprings who, who keep the commandments of God and gave the testimony of Jesus Christ. He was basically, he said, the dragon was enraged. Why was he enraged? Why the dragon? Why was Satan so upset? Because he tried to take him out and he couldn't. Do you know how many people have tried to destroy Israel? They can't do it. So anger, he's anger against Israel now. And he said, and against the offspring. Anyone who supports Israel, 
Jew or Gentile. His fierce persecution against all who would not submit to his satanic dictator, the Antichrist. This is, this is spiritual warfare here. That's what this is. This is spiritual warfare. When you became a believer, the warfare started. And the warfare is not going to end to the day you die. But God has given us the weapons to fight. God has given us the weapons to stand. Now you got to know how to use them weapons. See, when you, when you spend time with Christ and his word, you're able, Paul said, we should not be unaware of Satan's schemes. You know, he's trying to put a scheme on you this morning, man. He's trying to say, oh, man, this Christianity stuff ain't worth it. Got to go over there and hear this guy talk. You know. Hey, don't believe his lies, okay? And once you spend time with Christ, you'll be able to know. And just one thing, one last thing in closing. I'm going to say this, is that we have reached a point as a church that you're going to have to trust Christ or not. That's what it's boiled down to. I didn't say you had to understand everything, but it's, it's at the point now. I know in my own life, when I trust Christ, I'm more at ease. I, I don't worry. I have more peace. I can't figure all this stuff out. It drives me nuts. I don't even try, man. It's, it's too much. But if my focus is on Christ, if I'm spending time with him, and if I'm getting my strength from him, if I'm trusting him, Jesus said, learn of me because I am meek and lowly in heart that you might find rest for your souls. Do you need rest for your souls? Christ can give you that rest this morning. He's a lot of company. I find in my own life that the Lord is a lot of company. You know, you can talk to him any day, any night. You ain't got to wait till Sunday. Don't wait till Sunday to come over here. What about Monday? The devil don't take no vacations. Man, he's out there right now, waiting, seeking. But you know, if you got Christ, God is going to be your protector. God is going to be with you no matter what you go through. And if you're here this morning and you have not received Jesus Christ in your life, this is the day for you. We all had to come the same way. All you have to do is say a simple prayer. Dear Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. And I ask you to come into my heart and forgive me of my sins. I believe you died. You rose again on the third day. And you are the only savior of the world. And I ask you to come into my heart right now to be my Lord and my savior. Anyone would like to do that before we close today? Jesus said, if you hear his words, harden not your heart, because today is the day of salvation. Anyone here? I want to give everybody a chance because we don't know how much time we're going to have left on this earth. And I say to the church, if God's going to work, he's going to work through his people. So let's thank evangelism. Let's try to tell 
and take as many people to heaven with us as possible. On your job, you got people in your neighborhood, wherever you go, be ready to give an answer. The Lord will use all of us to win the loss. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's all stand. I want to...